0: Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Friday, January the fifteenth of twenty twenty one. And we just like to take a moment to welcome all of our listeners along with our panel today, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. It is always, as we say, a joy to be able to come together, and an honor, and and we thank you for taking out of your time to. Share this moment with us. Share this time of fellowship in the Word of God. We've had a tremendous time in the Word this week. Uh, We took a few days to study and and look at the book of Exodus. And uh, who knows if the Lord will take us back today to those scriptures. But I know uh, God always has something fresh for us. And I'm looking forward to today, what God has for us. It's Friday as we head into the weekend always watching and waiting, always looking up and, and, and taking notice of the prophetic things that are happening uh, in our world today, not just in our nation, but in the world today. So I'm excited as we get ready to finish. I know God is going to give us a word that we pray will stay in your hearts as we go. And Lord willing, if the Lord allows us, we'll be back here Monday. But let's get into the word of God. We want to give ample time for the study and and to discuss the word of god today so i'm going to leave it to you brother marty to share what god has placed in your heart as we discuss and study the word of god together
1: amen we uh we're coming to the conclusion of our our week here as we uh as we've been discussing um the times that we're living in and looking forward to uh, the soon return of the lord jesus christ We are indeed living in extraordinary times as uh, the prophecies written by the ancient prophets of old in the Holy Bible are beginning to come to pass at such a rapid rate. And even as we record these podcasts, uh, the whole world is is being uh, moved in a direction uh, that has been foretold. And, you know, every generation has its unique place in history even in the history of the church but as we talked about and have been talking about there are generations that experience the the fullness of time whether it was the time of the exodus as we've been discussing where the fullness of time had come the prophecy that had been given to father abraham that after 430 years a nation which would uh, emerged from his own genealogy uh and his own <laughs> his own fathering right Isaac Jacob the 12 tribes so forth and so on and God told Abraham that his his people would would come under incredible bondage in a land uh that was not their own uh and that actually, that actually happened right they they ended up in Egypt as we've been discussing and and uh but when the fullness of time came as a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that it was 430 years to the exact day that God had prophesied to Father Abraham it would happen. Indeed, they were they were brought out in the great exodus. Uh, but it was the fullness of time, and that's what we're talking about. Every generation has its unique moment, its own challenges. Um, the spirit of prophecy, uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ, moving through it, but. There comes generations of the fullness of time where prophecy comes to pass and in a great way and and, and great measure, the culmination of prophetic events all realizing or coming into existence at at the pre- precise time that God determines for it to happen and so that is what we are seeing now we're we're part of a of a grand unfolding of uh, of that prophetic plan that God revealed and has revealed through the ages, really through his, his holy word. And we are now, we believe, uh, and not without merit, as we've been discussing for the last year, uh, entering into those, what we believe quite possibly could be uh, the culmination of the ages, which will witness the literal return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to continue studying in that vein today, as the Lord has has really placed on our heart this morning uh, to go and look at at something that we believe is about to happen, and I'm gonna uh, gonna you know really focus on it from this perspective. We need to look at our events today and see what's happening, and, and really realize this that uh, we are nearing a transition of power in the United States on Wednesday. Uh, At high noon East Coast time here in the United States, uh, January the 20th, a new administration is going to be seated. The removing of one power and the ascending of a new power into the seat of the most powerful nation up to this point on the face of the earth. And as we head into the weekend, I've really been moved in my spirit this morning uh, and now this afternoon by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to discuss and reflect uh, upon what has begun, what is unfolding, and where is this headed, and ultimately what will be the end that we can expect in these days ahead. And so with that in mind, we're going to begin reading today. If you have your Bibles out of, out of the uh, New Testament, we're turning our attention today to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to have Brother Jeremy, if he would, read to us uh, verse 5 through 7 as we begin our study today. We pray that uh you will be blessed and informed by the Holy Spirit as we explore these subjects today on the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity does already work. That's what Paul will say here as Brother Jeremy reads it. And so we ask that uh, our Lord would bless us by his Holy Spirit to see these things. In Jesus' name, Brother Jeremy, could you read that for us verse five through seven chapter two of second Thessalonians? Amen. Remember ye not
0: that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now let it will let until he be taken out taken out of the way.
1: And the mystery of iniquity does already work. The mystery of iniquity does already work. You know, as we enter our study today, in the Apostle Paul's uh, writings here, uh, he's he's uh, we're picking up his mid thought. He's already full into his explanation of something that he was he was speaking to. Uh, the first century church at Thessalonica. And he used that phrase in verse uh, six, where he says, now you know what's holding uh, these events back. He was talking about the fullness of prophetic time. And what he was referring to was the appearance of what he calls the man of sin. We'll look at that in a second here, but he's dealing with, Uh, the advent of the Antichrist, an actual literal figure. And he connects it to uh, what he goes on to say in verse 7, which is what we're going to look at right now, which is uh, what he calls the mystery of iniquity. Now, remember what he was trying to do and what he was trying to clear up for them was that their whole eschatology was off. In other words, what they understood about the prophetic time when he wrote this uh, was incorrect and he goes on um, to to warn them about that and also to reveal to them the actual things that needed to take place prior to that happening and really what he was talking about is our time right now but he had to bring this out to the first century church there in Thessalonica which is a very interesting church that he wrote these things to Uh, and 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 uh and really <laughs> what we're going to see here and what he goes on to reveal is at that time when it came <clears throat> time to understand uh you know the actual time frame that they were living in and what they could expect especially in in regards to the to the return of the lord uh they were they were being inundated with so-called prophecy experts if you will that had totally confused and and caused uh You know a a misinterpretation of the time and so this is what paul begins to talk to them about in in second thessalonians chapter 2 and could you read to us brother jeremy verse 1 and 2 so we can look at that real quick now we beseech you brethren
0: by the coming of our lord jesus christ and by our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ
1: is at hand. Well, the first thing he begins to talk to them about is the return of the Lord. And, and it's interesting how he phrases it. He talks about the coming of the Lord in verse 1. And then he uses this phrase, our gathering together unto him. Uh, And we're not going to get into all that, except to to mention this, which I find very interesting. Brother Jeremy kind of alluded to it yesterday when he took us over to 1 Corinthians and he talked about sitting at the table of the Lord, that you couldn't have a mixture. You can't drink the cup of, of the world or devils, as he described it, Paul did, and the cup of the Lord. He was referencing the communion table. And so when he says, our gathering together unto him, He's he's referencing that. He's referencing our gathering as the same kind of gathering, really, that they have at Passover, where they would gather and they would celebrate the covenant of God, the original covenant. But when he mentions the gathering together unto the Lord, he's referencing that future Passover, if you will, that future Exodus that we've been talking about, where we will gather uh, at the table of the Lord, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what he's referencing. The two go hand in hand. And it's important to understand that, especially in light of, you know, the the uh, the prevalent theology of the early 20th century uh, that seemed to separate the events. You know, they came into a false understanding of how that event was going to happen, and they began to preach a dispensational type of theology. We talked about it through Darby and Schofield and really what permeated the church throughout the West from that point on, culminating in our time where many people became confused as to what the actual events would be like. Uh there were those that were saying that that, that the church is not going to see any tribulation, that we're supposed to be taken off the planet and we're gonna go have some supper with the Lord for seven years and then return and uh and and then the kingdom of heaven will take place. But that's not how Paul revealed it. He tied the two events together, the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him, are one and the same thing. So while it is a rapture event or a harpazo, as they call it in the Greek, which is which is the dead in Christ will rise first, which is what he was talking to the first, uh, first letter he wrote to the Thessalonians in chapter four. He talks about that event. And let's take a look at that real quick. First Thessalonians chapter four. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, to us? Um, Verse 15 and, well, read 16 and 17. How's that? 16 and 17. 16 and 17. For
0: Mm -hmm. the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord.
1: So he goes on to say, so comfort you each other with these words. And so he's talking about resurrection day, the last day. That is when Christ is returning, the last day. It's called the last day. It's the resurrection day. If you remember when, when Mary talked to Jesus, uh, and and they had sent word to the Lord that their brother was sick, and the Lord delayed his coming, and Lazarus had passed away. And when she has a conversation with him concerning those events, um, he He tells her, your brother's going to live again. And she says something to Jesus there, which he doesn't dispute. And that's in John. Take a, take a look at that, Brother Jeremy, over there. We head in that direction real quick. Uh, at the resurrection of Lazarus in this conversation that she has. Are you there?
2: John yes. chapter 11. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, read verse 21 and 23, would you? Yes.
0: Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again.
1: So he tells her he is going to rise again. And then listen to what she understands about resurrection day, that prevailing idea. Listen, in verse 24, what does she say? Martha said unto
0: him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the
1: last day yes she de- she defines it as the last day and jesus doesn't argue with her she ad- she 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 knows about this 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 teaching uh, uh that the word revealed had brought even up to that generation the last day is the resurrection day jesus goes on to say i am the resurrection and the life i can supersede that day but in essence it is the final day that he returns and, and takes his church then the wrath of god is poured out as, as revealed in the book of revelation and so when paul is mentioning there as we go back to second Thessalonian, the coming of the lord and our gathering together unto him it is with that in mind there is a future date as he's writing those people at, Thessalo, at, at the thessalonian church uh there is a future uh <laughs> there is a future time that he was referencing and he uses the two phrases his coming and our gathering together unto him so that is on a, a particular day and so this is why he's referencing mm-hmm. that to them right the last day uh, and he wants to Marty,
3: uh, Yeah go ahead um it's interesting because we get great insight into this particular teaching concerning the day and there's many names for that particular day
2: um mm-hmm.
3: Day of the Lord. Uh, you, you go down to the day of Christ. Um, uh, was it Mary that said it on that yeah. day?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. She
3: said on that day. So she was yeah. well aware of that teaching of that day. Now that may sound to some like, "What is that teaching about that day?" Right? Which really, it's it's really a it encompasses so many things: the coming of the Lord, the coming judgment of God, the coming wrath of the Lord. Uh, right. but it's, it's a trigger point to, to, to that day, to the coming of the Lord. Um, now why haven't we heard teaching like that or, or teaching being called the day of the Lord, right? Uh, um, yes. something that we haven't heard And I know growing up, you know, as a, as a young Christian, I didn't hear teaching on this on that day. Like, what is that? Day? I heard teaching on the rapture and that, that's, that's you know, that's right. And, and and you know, uh other teachings concerning eschatology, you know, uh dividing the rapture from the second coming. And so there's there's just so many different names and terms for different kinds of teachings, but you never hear teaching on that day. You know the apostle Paul in, in Thessalonians was aware of this teaching because he mentions that day, right? So uh yeah. just, just wanted to throw that out there because there might be people who listening like, well, what is this, that day? But it is in Scripture. And yeah. you brought up a great, you brought up a very great point there concerning Mary uh, and her understanding of the teaching of that day, you know, on the resurrection day. Yeah. Uh, Jesus didn't dispute it. Yeah, he didn't, usually, yeah, yeah, usually, usually if, if, you know, people are off, like the woman in Jacob's well, you know, you'll correct her. Mm-hmm. They know, mm-hmm. you know, you have your your theology wrong. But concerning this this point that Mary made on uh, on the teaching of the day, he doesn't dispute or correct it, you know. So which tells us that she was in line uh, with the teachings of concerning that day that Jesus would have taught them. Right. right? So it's a powerful point there
2: yeah
1: that's awesome yeah and and again, that's what Paul was trying to set the tone about for the first century church and he was he was Correct. trying to let them Good point. Go, right and 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 because they they had they had false teachers just as in their time the false prophets ar- arose to corrupt and confuse and defile understanding of the Word of God in our time. that's why we talked about that yesterday, and we have throughout the year of this podcast series talked about the the uh you know, the infiltration within the collective understanding of established orthodox prophecy theology down through the centuries, although argue with about today because they hold to this doctrine as if it's a tenant of the faith. In other words, that if you don't believe this pre tribulation, this this seven year advanced evacuation of an end time church, which is primarily driven by the most prosperous Laodicean like church. In the world, which is the American Church, from here and from our the- theological schools, driven by 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 what what is now called neo charismatic Pentecostalism, if you will that that have gone throughout the world and and taught this doctrine. Uh, we talked about Cory Tinboom, if you remember who uh, who wrote in 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 nineteen forty nine of a conversation that she had had with the persecuted church leaders of China. <laughs> Who said that that doctrine had come to them in the early 30s and 20s right where they began teaching the chinese blessed saints of god there that they were going to be raptured uh you know prior to any tribulation trial or testing but then they had the rise of mao and communism and the systematic destruction and persecution of millions of people since then and what Cory ten boom wrote uh is that she she uh, she revealed that conversation she had with that pastor who said, I wish that we had never taught our people this theology because it's an error. He said, I wish that we had prepared them for the coming test. You know, that's what he said. And he was lamenting the fact that he had been a vehicle by which that doctrine had been taught amongst his people. Mm-hmm. And now the rise of this, Uh, In this one in their time was Mao, uh, really an antichrist himself, right? Um, Right. You know, and he said, I wish we had prepared the people. That's what Paul is doing here. And what's interesting is that he goes on in verse two to reveal, right? Don't be shaken in your mind. Uh, Don't be troubled. He gives three things, right? What does he say? Can you read that in verse two, Brother Jeremy?
2: Yes.
0: He says, uh, don't he says, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day as that, that day of Christ is at hand.
1: So see how he ties the coming of the Lord again, like Mary called it the last day. He calls it the day of Christ, like Brother Fernando was just saying. The coming of the Lord is the day of Christ. Our gathering together, which he links to the coming of the Lord, is the day of Christ. There is no room in there, and and contrary to what they will tell you, there is no room in there for some seven-year pause button to be held, you know, that they'll come and get us out of here secretly, and then he returns. No, Paul plainly tells us right here, it's his coming and our gathering together unto him, and he calls it the day of Christ. Mary called it the last day. Uh, as Brother Fernando pointed out, the prophets called it, um, you know, the day of the Lord or the day of God, right? right. All of those things are in there. Now the word day can mean an age or a a season of time so that it's not specific to the day or the hour, but the general age, right? Uh, And so what he was trying to tell them is that time is not for you. It's future. as As we're about to look at here, he's going to lay out the, the, uh, the explanation of what that future generation would have to look for, but notice what he said—it had infiltrated them, and he says, "Don't let you know this trouble you." And there were three factors, three types of individuals that had infiltrated the church with an incorrect doctrine of prophecy. The first thing he says is, uh, "Don't be shaken in mind or or troubled uh, <laughs> by spirit." That word spirit, is you, if you do your research, you'll come to find out, and in and historical research, he, he's, uh, he's referring to people that had risen up among them. They were the charismatics of their day, really. And they were, they were false prophecies. They were given false prophecies. They would gather, and they'd have these services, and then someone would have a you know a, a spirit. That's what he's talking about. The, uh, the spirit is moving me, right? They were people claiming to be speaking for the Lord. And they began to tell people that the day of Christ had already begun. You know, it was some kind of hyper pseudo, you know, mysterious understanding, you know, some uh, dominion theology kind of thing. Right. It's already happened. And 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 so they yeah. were prophesying in the name of the Lord, telling them that. So he says, don't <laughs> don't be troubled by these people running around, you know, claiming to have the spirit. Right. The second thing he said was uh, by word. And and really what was happening in that case in in the history that I was reading, um, particularly in in Brother Ellicott's commentary, I have this old commentaries from the mid-1800s. And he pointed out there that what in his research, he said uh, that what that word uh, by word uh, that Paul was referencing there was referencing false teachers who had claimed that they had exclusive ability to interpret what the apostles were teaching. So they were like sectarian, you know, putting themselves up on an elite position, you know, mingling themselves with the church and presenting themselves as teachers. But they were false. And at the time, uh, you know, they didn't have the New Testament written right yet. So what they were saying was they were claiming to have infiltrated, not infiltrated, but been around the apostles. You know, they would show up in, Thessalon- Thess- in Thessalonica and they gather with the saints and they say, Oh, I heard Peter say this, or I heard James say that, or John was saying this, you know, or Paul was saying this. Um, and they claimed to have authority from the word that the apostles had spoke, and they were preaching the same thing. They were preaching the wrong word. They were interpreting the times and claiming to have heard the apostles say it. But he says, Don't be shaken by that. And then the third thing he says, or as by a letter from us. Uh, What was happening also was that they were claiming to have had uh, letters written by the apostles. Forgeries is what they had. They were false words that they were bringing with them. And that's why Paul says, not by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. So it's an interesting thing that all three things were flowing at the time to distort their understanding, not only of their time, but of the day of the Lord. And what were you going to say, Brother Jeremy? Were you going to say something?
0: Yeah, I think it's, there's a small detail here, too. We know the, the second uh, epistle to the Thessalonians, is it's one whole letter broken into chapters. And it seems mm-hmm. like the first chapter is a salutation, you know, the greeting, the custom. But then it's broken in chapter two, and that word, beseech, now we beseech you. Uh, I think Paul is setting the tone. Because he's not saying, Hey, I'm about to teach you something new or that this might happen to you. No, he says, I beg you, I mm-hmm. beg you, I plead with you, brethren. Why he had seen the effects of these teachings, the effects that it was making in mm-hmm. the thinking and, and in their eschatology of the people there, that he he pleads with them, you know? Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and I and I think it it you know, that word beseech is very key to understand. The urgency in which the Apostle Paul, uh, whatever he's about to declare, there's an urgency with it that uh, the reader, we must understand as he's speaking, as you're saying.
1: Well, that's right. And that's why he goes on in chapter 3, verse 5. Can you read that? He references what you're just talking about there. Amen. Chapter
0: 3, verse 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the
1: patience. Patience waiting for Christ. There. So he's identifying to their generation exactly where they are. You know, you're going to patiently wait for him. The church is going to patiently wait for him going forward. What we're about to see in chapter 2 here as we as we continue is he 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 unfolds uh really kind of like the top secret file, right? I mean, he really bears down on them and begins to tell them this is how it's going to happen. But you're not that age. You're not that church. So don't let anyone, you know, mess you up with their ideas of of what the prophets have been telling us. He says, this is what's going to happen. And so then he tells them, and then he reminds them in chapter 3, verse 5, you're going to have to patiently wait. You know, it's not for your age, really. It's not for your time. (laughs) So let's, let's continue here. So he then begins to reveal to them what that future church would have to look for. And that's when we get into uh, verse 3 and 4. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, verse 3 and 4? Yes. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that
0: day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposed it and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he is God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God.
1: So there's a lot there. We're not going to focus on on verse 4 today. We'll, we'll, We'll briefly reference it. But he begins to point, in point and fact, begin to tell them what that final age will look like and and they're just a baby church right so they haven't flourished the church hasn't spread around the world that's what he's trying to communicate to them basically there's a whole lot of history that's got to happen here but the reason that we're examining these things ourselves is because we have come to that time now he says something uh here and the first thing he says is there's deception involved it's a deceptive time and it will always be a deceptive time up until the markers and the signposts that Paul gave. And that's why he anchors the church in our understanding on what to look for. And he identifies it as something very unique. He says, let no man deceive you by any means. And and the means he was talking about uh, were the means he just referenced, right? By spirit, by word, or by letter. Don't let anybody deceive you. He says, because that day that, that, that we're talking about, the day of the Lord, it will not come except, he says, there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now let's focus on this, because there are two events here that will occur at the same time, or within the same time frame. That's what he's revealing here. This is the key the apostle is revealing, the two events. One is falling away now if you dig into into scripture and and, and you get to the original manuscripts um, that word that paul you that, that is written in the king james where it says except there come a falling away first uh, for everything that i've been researching it says and all the scholars from the early church say that that word a shouldn't be there it should be actually better replaced with the word the so we should we can read it this way except there come the falling away first it's not a falling away which which would imply if you get into (laughs) into the thoughts like that that it is a repetitive kind of uh you know circular thing it's a cycle there's falling away you know there's always been that up and down of the consecration of the church throughout the history so what Paul was trying to tell them was that there is going to be a specific falling away. It is going to be the precursor, it's going to be the preparation, or also a signal that the preparation has happened, and that the next thing that will occur, because the two are conjoined, right? The falling away. And if the, if, if me just in, you know inserting "the" for you bothers you, you'll just leave it at "uh," because it's a specific event nonetheless. He's identifying a specific event, and and it's a falling away, but really it's better said the falling away first has to happen. That's what he's basically saying to them. And then the revealing of the Antichrist will take place. So like we said, verse 4 reveals the character and the personality of the man of sin. That's what Paul calls him, the man of sin. We'll look at that in the coming days and 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 explore that deeper, because it's really powerful what he's revealing there concerning him. But for right now, and for the purposes of what we're looking at, as to where we believe that we are in our time, and why we know we're there, we're going to look at what he says first. It's that preparation. The stage has to be set. The falling away first, and what he's talking about there is not only dealing with the, with the so-called church of that age that he was referring to in the far-flung future, which is our time, but it, it's, it's wider in scope. And what I mean by that is what he goes on to reveal in verse 7 when he talks about the mystery of iniquity already working in verse 7. He, he references the Holy Spirit as an opposing force he says only he that now letteth or withholds this from happening will continue to do that until he's taken out of the way that's verse 7 so he speaks of a restraining force that is the holy spirit he identifies him as a he right it's not just an essence or a you know a general feeling he's talking about a particular opposer one who is in conflict in direct opposition and preventing and really for the ages as we'll look here in a second the ages the holy spirit has been working to prevent this from happening because there is a fullness of time paul first links it to the falling away and so as i said the falling away is wide in scope it encompasses the entirety of the planet it it encompasses all the what is the right word? The, the, uh, you know, the expressions of humanity, you know, it's Mm -hmm. governments, it's, it's citizenry, it's, it's social construct, it's culture and the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead.
2: What were you thinking?
3: No, that's, that's, uh, I'm just in agreement with that. It's everything, everything. We were speaking about that earlier. Um, you know, you know, articles that we're reading, uh, like you sent an article to me that says the, the exodus has begun, you know, and, (laughs) and, and and we had just finished a podcast, a series on the exodus and and they're following the story of, I guess, the president moving his belongings from the white house and, and the article says the exodus has begun. This is a secular, uh, you know, uh, uh, article been by secular people, but they're telling you the world, you, everything. We're talking about politics. We're talking about uh, social media. We're talking about news. We're talking Great. about the healthcare, We're talking about, you know, politics, everything down to finances. It's yeah. all governed by this spirit. Yeah. And they're all speaking these things, whether they realize it or not, or subconsciously, we know they're influenced by something. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, so what what you said is, is, is right. It's everything. It's under this influence. The The spirit of iniquity does already work, but it's, it's going to have a culmination, right. It's going to be completely, uh, fulfilled. I, mm-hmm. I, and I, I think I think we're getting very close to that.
2: I agree. Yeah. And,
1: and brother Jeremy, go over to Psalm chapter two because that's a good place to insert that thought. What brother Fernando was just saying in Psalm two, because we're, we've entered these days right now. We are right here in the prophetic fulfillment of Psalm chapter two. And uh, let me, let's just look at that, and then tell us what you were going to say, brother Jeremy. After that, but in Psalm Amen. two, could you could you read to us? Uh, verse 1
0: through 3. Why do the heathen rage, rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cord
1: from us it's powerful what's being revealed here uh see the the (laughs) the psalm itself is 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 in time revelation um and and what we see first is really what paul is referencing about the falling away this great event Uh, it's the culmination of the mystery of iniquity working through the ages but but he he's telling the church you're going to reach a time Embar- Stay with us now because we're talking about the presidential inauguration, believe it or not, because it's a very poignant and significant thing that's just happened, and and the transition of power. Like Brother Fernando said, that article that, that I sent, um, it was it was striking to me because they could have used any words they wanted to. You know, they could have said the president's moving out of the White House, right? You know. Uh, the moving bands have arrived, and you know, uh, you know, he's moving to his new. Well, they they didn't. They used the words the Exodus has begun. It's just incredible. But anyway, look what we see here. We see the heathen raging, and then there's there's that word imagine. Isn't it interesting how, uh, 2020 uh, th- that word came to the forefront, imagining a new world. Right? Do you remember that mm-hmm. phrase they were using?
2: Mm-hmm imagining
1: dreaming dreaming of a new world yes global reset right but what we have is the heathen completely devoid of God the pagan world it's come to this point and now they're imagining an empty or vain thing and then verse 2 shows us the kings of the earth setting themselves and then the rulers of the earth That's, that's the governmental structure taking counsel together And this is the most outrageous statement when you think about it because it's not just at a global reset level we want to reimagine that's what they were saying reimagine the earth right we want to reimagine society here we have the kings of the earth which is a reference to the satanic power referenced in the book of revelation the 10 kings that rule with the antichrist for one hour and then the rulers uh you know paul referenced the rulers of the darkness of this world but their earthly counterparts are the ruling elite, these, these, uh, these satanic children that we're going to talk about in a minute, because they're tied to the mystery of iniquity. What he's saying here is that there will come a time in the future where they set themselves and they take counsel together, not just to change the way things are, but to actually come against the Lord himself and against his anointed, which is Jesus Christ. And what they're endeavoring to do is to break their bands and their cords from us. There is a defiant, rebellious expression of satanic will being revealed here. When Paul talks about the falling away, he ties it to verse 7, which is the mystery of iniquity. And we'll talk about that here in a second, because remember what we're looking at here. These kings, these rulers are setting themselves together to to dethrone the Lord, to literally occupy and take over his planet. Because it is his and the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. This is future event that, that was being prophesied by the psalmist King David, which has come to rest in our time. And that's what Paul was trying to say to the church of his time. It's working. It's headed that direction. But there has always been a restraining force. There was always the Holy Spirit withholding it. Because God is in control of all things. And it will culminate. Remember what he said uh, about the, uh, the iniquity of the Amorites, right? Uh, when he talked to Abraham about the fourth generation, right? The iniquity of the Amorites has not fully come yet. It has that same feeling. There is you. You must go across the landscape of the unfolding of 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 uh, of, of divine will of the Father's will. He allows things to to fully flourish in order for his his perfect will to be executed, and it has that same kind of sense. What were you going to say, Brother Jeremy?
0: Yeah, that's why I think it's so very important what you brought out on the interpretation, right, that we have on most of our Bibles, except there come a falling away first, because that gives us the the uh, um, opportunity to just, well, there's been a falling away since the days of Paul. But right. when, you, when you insert the correct interpretation that, that you mentioned, which is the falling away, now it's speaking about something very specific, and I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was interesting the way the NIV reads it. If you allow me just to read it, because I think it's it, it goes along with what you're saying. He says, "Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs." Mm. And I think that's interesting, mm. you know, because there we see the reference uh, of not just yeah. the coming rebellion, but it also references to what took took place. Uh, in the beginning, right, or before the world was created with Satan. Mm-hmm. So there we can tie it. So I, I, I don't think we do violent, That that is the correct. It, it, Paul is referencing to a specific, the falling away f- that will come first in mm-hmm. our time. So I just want yeah, to. Yeah, and the, and, that and that when way. we're
1: looking at the, fall- the falling away first, he in essence, he's saying this is what precedes it. There is a satanic energy, and listen to what I'm about to tell you, that Paul was revealing here. He, he calls it the mystery of iniquity. And he also reveals in verse 7 that that satanic energy has been being withheld from having a full expression. But what Paul is trying to tell the early church that they needed to understand was there was so much more that had to be happening. And and, and that it would work its way out throughout the generations and come to rest in a final time period. And he said there will come the falling away. That is the precursor. It must happen first. And, And like we just shared, like Brother Fernando gave that list, right, of every strata of society, of everything that makes up the component parts of human existence, from governments to just your everyday social climate, to your cultural experience, to your You know, to your banking, to your selling, to your buying, to your trading, to your health, to, in our time, the social media, all that stuff, man, cinema, culture, whatever, all of it, including the church, a compromised church, right? Because that's what we're going to see. That's what the book of Revelation reveals, is there is a component, which we'll get here to in a second, that involves a high-level leader that represents the whole of Christianity, that is going to be the last thing that we see and we'll know we're right there. And we'll get into that in a second. I'm just kind of wetting your appetite there. But listen, he's saying this that the falling away first and that man of sin revealed. What like you said, so so uh I like that what you read, Brother Jeremy, about how it's written uh in the NIV. Because that's correct, that is another way of saying it, the rebellion. Now, the, the, the chief rebel is Satan himself, Lucifer, who rebelled against God. I saw Satan fall like lightning, Jesus uh, told his, his disciples when they returned from the initial mission that he sent them on, and they came back boasting that they had power over the devils, right? And, and he said, I saw Satan fall with that same sin of pride and rebellion you know usurping or 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 a tr- attempting to exercise power and domination Yes, i saw that happen and and so when he talks here uh, about uh, this precursor or how you wrote it brother jeremy the rebellion first and then he connects it to the man of sin being revealed when you read the early church fathers and and and, and the great you know, holy theologians of the 19th century, mid-1800s, they all say something that's really powerful there. They talk about the unfolding of generational history, both in the world and in the church as it declines, uh, becoming uh, energized with that interior rebellion. It's, it's, a, it's a filtering down into the very soul component of humanity collective. But it is the expression that is seeking to give, uh, to take shape and form, it culminating in the man of sin. He, he's born rebellious, <laughs> but he's born rebellious Uh, by way of a working throughout the generations and throughout the ages of history, working through the collective of humanity and coming to rest in a final generation that the angel Gabriel explained to Daniel would be a generation marked by extreme advancement in the ability for humanity to travel and exponential technological explosion simultaneously taking place, travel and education being vastly increased. And so it's into that time that Paul is identifying that the falling away first will have culminated. It's the collective expression of the satanic church. What do you mean by that? Well, you're either part of the devil's team or you're part of God's team, the Lord Jesus Christ team. And Paul described it to the Ephesians as being uh, that we are built up as a habitation for God by the Spirit. That the true church becomes a a vehicle by which the, the truths and the gospel and all the beautiful things of the Spirit of God, or God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, expresses itself through his collective children, his church. We show forth. We make known the manifold wisdom of God, the principalities and powers, as Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, saying that this was the eternal purpose of God. Well, you have that counterpart in what Paul is referencing here to the great falling away is when that all humanity, apart from the true church of the living God, which he's referencing there when he's talking to the Thessalonians, all humanity will reach that point, he says, where they become a habitation of satanic will. The presence of Satan itself thoroughly expressing itself in multiple ways. It's not always, you know, the the pitched fork, you know, crazy serial killer. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a rebellious nature. The heathen is how David described it in Psalm two, that rage and imagine. A vain thing. <laughs> the John Lennons of the world, right? Imagine there no heaven, right? <laughs> I mean no or whatever yeah. you think there, how stupid can you be? But but it was an anthem for a sixties generation that has been the the focus that has propelled humanity to this place, especially here in the West. And, and brother Martin so fall followed away. Go ahead, brother.
3: And isn't that the greatest desecration of Satan if he can infiltrate uh, this apostate church, a church that calls itself the Church of God, mm-hmm. and and he is basically declared as God. It's, so the spirit of Antichrist is moving through the world, but that's expected. But it's its ultimate uh, a- a- attempt, or what, what his ultimate goal is to infiltrate the church. Mm-hmm. When that takes place, then God reacts. You know, yeah. and again, when I say reacts. Or, or takes notice, I don't say, because he doesn't react to anything the devil does. He's, he's yes. one step ahead of him all the time. But he takes notice because we see that in in, in in throughout history with his people. God destroyed the temple in Jeremiah's day because of what was set up in it.
1: That's a really good point. And, right? and yeah. we, had, we had a natural uh, representation of the temple of a larger truth, right? What was being expressed through it? Right? Correct. When when we get to Ezekiel chapter eight, which we were going to talk about in a little bit, but it's a good place to interject it. That's a really good point.
2: When
1: when God systematically removed his spirit from the nation of that time, right, just before Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon would burn it to the ground, he allowed it to be destroyed, uh, was 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 when they reached the point where what was being expressed through that temple was completely defiled and filled with idolatry and all sorts of of horrible things <laughs> that we discussed back in the summer remember uh, uh so that the temple itself became defiled in his spirit what only he remember that's what paul's talking about here he that now lets will let right until what he be taken out of the way there's no more influence there is no more and and let's take a look at the temple of god and what that really means in a larger context in in regard to what we're we're looking at here because i'm of the opinion now as i continue to study these things and i know we all have our own opinions but but the temple of god was always meant to be mankind as a whole that's what he that's why he he came and 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 separated the people unto himself at the resurrection of jesus christ he he appeared once in the end he says to put away sin and then to create a a temple all his own, man was always meant to be the temple. Selective humanity was always meant to be the temple. What do you mean? I mean that where his spirit would dwell within human beings, you know uh, and 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 we would become an an aspect of his family, his sons, his daughters. But when Christ rose from the dead from that point on. The gospel began to cause people to be born from above. That's what he revealed to Nicodemus. And and the and the dividing line began to happen. In other words, people began to be born again. Paul talks about it, uh, you know, how the gospel how excited he was that the gospel was bearing fruit uh to the I think it's first Thessalonians. Let's look over there real quick. So you can understand what I'm saying. So where does it say that? Let me see. Uh first Thessalonians chapter one. I think that's where it is. Well, he talked about the gospel bearing fruit as it does in other parts of the world. Do you know where that scripture is, brothers? Can you think of it off the top of your hand? It might be in. Um, yeah, yeah, recall it. Let's see. Maybe you could look that up real quick, brother. Bears fruit, bearest fruit. It's, it's worth reading it, so bear with us, brothers and sisters. Let's see.
0: Okay, let's try first. First Corinthians 12.4. Let me see. I think it's 12.14. Mm-hmm. Let me check first. Uh, there is fruit. Oh, no,
2: that's not 12. There is fruit. Take a look. Tons of them. Let's see. What
1: he's describing is, is is the gospel itself is the seed that, that caused a whole new <laughs> a whole new crop so to speak uh, to to come forth. Let me see. Yeah, there it is. It's it's in Colossians, I'm sorry, chapter one. One six verse six. Yeah. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen to how he describes the gospel in light of what we were just saying. Listen to how he describes the gospel here. Uh, Read verse 5 and 6, would you? Yes. For the hope
0: which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bring it forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God. In truth
1: that's incredible how he describes the gospel being interjected into the cosmos really is what he's talking about in into the world and that it it it, it now bears fruit and what that fruit is it <laughs> is the people right those yes. who believe it yes. so he's talking about the building of his church it's a completely holy and separate thing that it was meant to be, and is meant to be, a collective temple of God. The temple of God was defiled in the garden. The temple of God was Adam, in many ways. Now I know that'll blow some of you away, and you'll have a hard time thinking about it. But
2: what were you gonna say? Go ahead.
3: No, that's true. That, he was the representation of of God in the earth. You know, he he he, he was made in the image of God. God, yeah. Got commune with him. He had a relationship yeah. with him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when God tabernacled with him.
1: That's exactly right. Absolutely right. And and see, we see that symbology again throughout the Scripture. In the first mm-hmm. Exodus, right when He brought them out into the wilderness, He has them construct Him a tabernacle. He was trying to express something to all of us, first to Israel, then the whole world. But how he had the tabernacle set up, the dwelling place of God, was directly in the middle of the camp as it was surrounded by all 12 tribes, right? He broke them off into sections of three, north, south, east, and west, and he, and he put his holy of holies right in the center of it where the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night would emerge from the center of the camp. He was expressing to us that the ultimate fulfillment of that was going to be that he would he would inhabit
2: us
1: (laughs) that's why when the holy spirit came on the day of pentecost that's what jesus meant it's better for you that i go away because if i don't go away the holy spirit won't come to you but if i go away i'll ask the father he'll send the spirit and he shall be in you you'll know him because he's going to be in you and he's the he's the one that activates your ability to hear from us you know, he's not going to talk to you about anything about himself. He, he, he comes to reveal me to you, but he's going to be in you. And so that defining moment of the birth of the church, suddenly uh, uh, an excision took place, you know, like a, a cutting took place in the collective of humanity. When you look at the depth of what was revealed throughout the writings of the Apostle Paul and the Holy Apostles, Paul primarily putting forth the concept and the idea that that when we were we were born again we became a collective temple of the holy spirit that we are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwells in us and that the church being born paul uh, peter called it a holy nation a chosen generation a royal priesthood but suddenly he paul would go on to argue that prior to this event we were born as a result of the temple being corrupted That is our original father Adam falling and being plunged into the servant, you know, the servitude of another of another creature. Instead of God, his father, it was it was Lucifer himself who took possession of humanity and the collective souls of humanity dwelling within the genetic DNA of Adam before any human boy or girl had ever been born. He became the collective possessor of that. That's what Paul was saying, and then he said that that it required a ransom be paid, right? You were redeemed, not with corruptible things, Peter said, as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God redeemed us by the offering of his own son. God manifested in the flesh. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. We were sold under sin. We were every single person that was born again was part of born into the earth was part of of a different, you know, paradigm, a different reality. You know, and the only thing that we could express was the will of the one uh, that, that lived in us, sin, right? Sin dwelling in us. But when we became born again and the price was paid on Calvary and the resurrection announced to the whole of all dimensional creation that a new thing had been born a beginning and and it and it began with god right christ is the beginning jesus is the beginning of the creation of god so that what paul just uh, what brother jeremy just read in first you know colossians chapter 1 verse 6 is the gospel was then interjected into the world and began to bear fruit it's an extraordinary thing when you think about yeah. it that just by the preaching of words that, that men yeah. who have absolutely no reference point, suddenly their lives are changed, and they become part of a whole new expression in the earth. Go ahead, brother. What were you going to say? Uh,
3: yeah, you know, sin sin is not just, you know, before you were saved, you were just this guy that was in the middle. You weren't leaning towards the, 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 the expression of sin uh, or right. to the expression of righteousness. No. But when you weren't saved, sin is not acts of sin. Just acts of sin, the do's and don'ts, yeah. right? yeah no, no, sin is an expression, it's right. spiritual, mm-hmm. that yeah. expresses yeah. itself in man. Mm-hmm. You're not a sinner because of things you've done. It's a state of being, it's an expression right. of rebellion that comes through every child when they come out of the womb, as the psalmist said, right? Mm-hmm. In sin, I was conceived. Yeah. Right? It's an expression. I come out expressing a rebellion that, as I grow older, begins to manifest itself. Right? And and the yeah. gospel <laughs> is that expression, the express image of God. It is Jesus
2: yes, in right, the God. spirit.
3: Mm-hmm. It is Jesus in yes. the spirit speaking, being proclaimed, speaking to his children so that he might be heard of his children. Yes. And those those are things that we have to understand and see them correctly to understand what is really expressing itself. That's what we're talking about, the spirit of the age, right? What is expressing yes. itself in right. the earth today? Two kinds of people, right? It, it, and that's how simple it is. It's two kinds of people. You're either going to express in these last days the spirit of God is, is, is moving mm. through your life and the spirit of God. He's he's really just trying to bring about the fruit of the spirit, which is really the character of Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's really Christ Himself. He's trying to produce in you, and and so we have Christ and His expression, His children. We have the devil and His expression, and His children, and each and one of them are trying to find themselves in their own children.
1: Yes, absolutely.
3: Jesus is trying that's to find what, himself in his children. Who is his seed?
2: Uh-huh, who is
3: bearing uh-huh. his fruit? Because If you're not bearing the right. fruit of Jesus, then you're not out. because he is he, he he is the lord of the harvest. He he he, he always bears fruit.
1: Amen. Praise God. Right? That's man. good.
3: What do you express? That, that's, that's, that's a powerful thing.
0: Now that's powerful what you're bringing up brother Fernando you know that's why that colossians uh, verse chapter 1 verse 6 uh it's, it's such a powerful uh expression of of the gospel being preached to the cosmos right <laughs> yeah. and it it it's no it's no coincidence that out of all the parables that Jesus gave in his ministry about five or six of them have to do with this with harvest with fruit right He's right. expressing something to us. he's wanting us to know, you know and uh and, you know and also, what I wanted to to comment on too is is really the twofold agenda of of the enemy that we're seeing too, which has always has been to remove, right, <laughs> remove the 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 Son of God, remove and also to replace. And we see that in Thessalonians, that's what he's doing when the Bible speaks of the falling away. He's wanting to remove. That has to happen first, as you said. And then but then he says, and then the that son of perdition shall be revealed. That's the replace. And that's been his agenda all along. Not just to remove. It's not just, oh look, look what's happening, guys. The enemy's doing it. No, but he's also going to be replaced.
1: So mm-hmm. Well so and that's yeah. that's that's exactly what 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 we're seeing and so paul is trying to say to us and what he was trying to tell them then was no 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 your your prophetic understanding for your time isn't correct this is what's going to happen and and a whole historical uh you know (laughs) landscape has to unfold but when it does he tells them this is what's what what is actually going to happen the falling away the rebellion as you read it in the niv brother jeremy gives way uh, or becomes a a what's the right word a it is the expression Expression. of collective humanity And, and the energy level of that listen to what I'm about to tell you I'm trying to look for simple words here but what he was telling us and subsequently telling us is when you reach that point in the far-flung future, which I believe is now, I, I, I think it's already happened, honestly. I think that <laughs> many things, but let's just talk about this. He, he's saying the falling away encompasses the whole of, of fallen humanity, including fallen Christianity. And, and, and what he's saying is that when it reaches that point, the, the energy is sufficient enough More than sufficient to produce something. And what it's going to produce is the anti type, right? It's the Antichrist. It is the full expression of the of, of what the Bible calls the satanic will in that he finally has uh produced the man of sin, not a man of sin, but the very one that is that is the opposite of what the Father offered to humanity. It is not without note that we have entered into a time on the earth where the understanding of what the gospel really is is almost non-existent. The proclamation of the true gospel of Jesus Christ is is almost non-existent. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is <laughs> I mean I mean people try and just find someone preaching the gospel somewhere. Good luck. I mean, you'll hear all kinds of messages and sermons and ideas and thoughts and philosophies, but the gospel, that we need a Savior, that I need to repent of my sins, that there's coming a judgment, there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's only one king, one Lord, one baptizer in the Holy Spirit. There's only one begotten son of the Father, and he alone is worthy of all. I mean, you know, I need to lay down my life, take up my cross, and all that stuff. Where are you hearing that right now?
3: No, I think, Why? brother Marty? <laughs> uh, have we reached? Have we reached the place, and uh, like it was in Jesus' day, where it necessitated of John the Baptist to bring forth the message that he did—the the coming of our Lord. Did it, have we reached that point where Israel of old was not prepared for Messiah, and that was a failure right. of the leadership, the spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what the listener has has to has to come to the conclusion of: Have we reached that point? And if we have, and I and, and I, I I I've looked, brother, for for the word of the Lord. See who's preaching it. I don't hear it in in the establishment, in the religious establishment. When you turn on Christian right. television, no, it's not existing. Right. It's another Christ. It's the spirit of the age. Yes. I I personally have made up my mind that that's what it is. It's Indeed. lost. Yes, they are expressing
2: mm-hmm.
3: satanic will
2: mm-hmm.
3: in their messages and behind their pulpits, and it's all mixed in with religion and even Jesus, the name of mm-hmm. Jesus. But we know it's not the true Jesus; it's another Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we have to come to that, how we reach that point. You said it. We the, the true preaching of the gospel. It's virtually non-existent as it was when John right. showed up to the scene.
2: Absolutely. Right. Well, see, and, and, and again, let, uh,
1: let's let's look at the John the Baptist example that you gave there, brother Fernando, because, again, it, the beginning from the end, right? Behold, I send Elijah before the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. We are looking for an Elijah figure. That is what the scripture says will happen, but. But we also see in the understanding of the scripture as Jesus applied that scripture, he talked about the spirit of Elijah coming to rest, right? And what do we see is that we see in, in great measure a foreshadow of the end time religious establishment represented by at that time in the first century, uh, the, the, the compromised Judaism that existed in the second temple, uh, there in, in Jerusalem you had an, a well established well entrenched ruling religious elite and 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 it it necessitated a separation the spirit of elijah came to rest on john the baptist and what that required was that he go out into the wilderness it was it was only there that he would preach and and it's very much symbolic if we look at it for our time that that you're going to have these kinds of Uh, you know, same things happen again. They are happening right now. If you want to hear the word of God, you're going to have to leave the establishment and he's going to lead you by his spirit out to the wilderness. We see that in Revelation 18, verse four, where he commands his people to come out of Babylon, right? Come out of her, my people. There is always a removing, uh, especially connected to these end time prophetic events of the true children of God, apart from the establishment. And it's one of the most difficult things for people to do, because in our time, over the last 2,000 years, what has emerged are, are denominational structures and organizations that yeah. become infiltrated by the spirit of the age that you're talking about. Right. But the, the, you know, the, the living, breathing organism of the mysterious body mm-hmm. of Christ has always existed but not within the confines of organized religion because it's corrupt. It's reached its zenith in our time. Exactly. Go ahead.
3: No, I remember reading those scriptures when I first got saved, you know, the spirit of iniquity does already work. And I'm, and I'm thinking in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: Paul, Paul's talking about the church. That's why he addresses them. It's already at work. It's trying to penetrate you right now with these false doctrines. Yes. Right? Incredible. It's trying to penetrate yeah. you right now. And and by the grace of God, like you said, there's an unfolding time that has to take place, 2,000 years. Uh, and, and so it was restrained. So the, the spirit of Antichrist was already knocking at the church's door 2,000 years ago.
1: At its very beginning.
3: And, yeah, at its very beginning. It targeted the child, right? <laughs> it's always targeting yeah. the baby,
2: yeah. right?
3: It, 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 and the church was an infant at that point. So by the grace of God, you know it, the 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 restraining power of the holy spirit his word has kept that at bay yes you know but now some 2000 years later 2020 hit i mean it's like the door just kicked in mhm you know what right. i mean the yes. past was so shocking that was like whoa this is that what he spoke of that before yeah. the, the coming of the lord there will be a falling away First, a complete yeah. falling away, unhindered, you know, unrestricted, you know. Well, right. That's what we're seeing it, taking place.
0: And it, and it all coincides with the lack of preaching of the gospel. which you were saying, brother Marty. See, the 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 hind, what hinders is is the it's you know it's it's, it's preaching the word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, you know, yes. w- what is sin? Sin is really in its simplest form is the expression of rebellion that we are inherited. And the only thing that that's why the preachers of old, you know, preached, you know, the whole, you know, and the holiness. And and that's what David the psalmist understood about it. You know, he knew himself. And, and that's what's lacking. It, it all coincides. The rebellion, the falling away that is taking place coincides with the lack Of hearing the word of God, preaching what John the the message of John the Baptist, which was also the message of Jesus Christ, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Mm -hmm. It goes to the core, and uh, you know, and that that's what's lacking, as you mentioned.
1: um, Well, you're right, right, and 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 again, and that's that's absolutely correct, and and also when you think about it, what what he's saying as well here is that the falling away is the culmination it's not a beginning he's saying it's a culmination it's a defined point it's it's the inevitable consequence of generations of rebellion expressed right. in multiple ways you know but ultimately yeah. uh when he is taken out of the way uh who has restrained the spirit right is what you were referencing there and you're co- very correct about the word of god in that jesus said my my words they are spirit right so connecting it to the lack of, of the word of god when that is taken and removed from the collective psyche or the the influencing of it of of culture as a whole there's nothing restraining it anymore but paul digs so deep here in that he he goes on to 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 reference it as time-specific, what we're talking about. That's how we know we're entering this time. Read verse 6, Brother Jeremy, real quick, would you? Yes. <clears throat> right. And now ye
0: know what withholded that he might be revealed in
1: his time. So first he tells them this is time-specific, right? That he might be revealed in his time. You know what is holding that back? Speaking of the Antichrist, you know what's holding it back. There is so much more that has to happen, he basically says. We've been talking about it, the falling away. It's the culmination of the, of the ages of mankind's rebellion. You know, th- there's always the opportunity for reflection and repentance. We saw that for instance in the story of Jonah in Nineveh, right? When Jonah goes to preach to Nineveh, Nineveh repents, they're given another forty years. Uh, that is in Assyria, right, before they were judged ultimately, but that generation repented. But this is quite different. There is no sense of of an opportunity or an opening or even a sensitivity just in the basic essence of a human heart where it wants to hear it anymore. And, and, and so he's talking about a specific time to the first church which comes to rest in the end of time that humanity as a whole, both the institution of the church and the the rest of, 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 of the world has both reached that place uh, where it has allowed the infiltration of the heart to be at such an extent that it falls away. In other words, it, it brings about that great rebellion. It is what Brother Fernando described as the satanic will, the satanic expression. And so he says, look, now you know now you know what's holding this all back it hasn't reached its fullness is what he's telling telling them and and it has a time it's time specific and then he goes into to taking them into such a deep level of understanding what he reveals here read that would you brother Jeremy just the first part what he calls it verse 7 for the mystery of
0: iniquity doth already work only he <laughs> now let it will let until he be taken out of the way so he,
1: he he reveals the conflict but he takes them back to something he calls it the mystery of iniquity and he says it's already at work in other words it's active and has been active and he wants them to understand that subsequently us as well because the word the mystery of iniquity the word Uh, mystery is a specific meaning and he says it's already at work and it has been for ages the word mystery comes from the greek word mysterion or mysterion listen to what it actually means and we begin to have something extraordinary revealed to us by the great holy apostle paul he called it mysterion the word mysterion literally means it's a silence that is imposed listen to this by initiation into religious rights at the elite power base level is really what he's describing he's talking about secret societies here
2: <laughs>
1: uh it took us all this time just to get to here i, I hope you bear with it it's the weekend so we're just going to keep going until we finish this right so listen He says, look, this that is going to bring about the birth and the manifestation of the one who will take center stage on the globe, this man of sin, it will come after the falling away, the falling away. The culmination of the ages of collective humanity's rejection of the gospel, basically, uh, and and the extended hand of God's mercy, they refuse it. That's why we read Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? The kings are set. The rulers take counsel. Who? Against the Lord and his anointed, the gospel, Jesus Christ. Let us cast their cords from us, right? We don't want anything to do with them. That, that, that's what he's saying here. And he says that, that Satan, because he goes on in verse 8 to talk uh, or in verse 9, where he talks about this coming of the wicked one is after the working of Satan. So this is something that Satan has been doing since the garden. Now listen, he 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 reveals something very very incredible because he's basically taking us into the paganistic uh, schools of the occult here. Right. Yeah. And right and he says, "Look, this has been That's what happening it says
3: there the secret will of man yeah I mean, it, it, this is this is this is incredible what what he's talking about here he's telling you how he's going to manifest himself at the end of time and how it's been uh you know succeeding through generations this idea this plan this mystery of iniquity you know yeah. uh, all the way to our day you know it, it makes you wonder you know why all the raging in washington Mm-hmm. Because the secret will of man is being manifested.
1: My, my brother, you, you, you're right there with me, right? I mean, that's what we're saying. Because we've started yeah. this study, right, saying next week is going to be a very defining moment for the whole world. It will be the right. the, the anointing of a new paradigm. Don't, don't look at the flesh and blood that's going to take office, although they are satanic children. They are. And they know exactly what they're doing. What is very difficult for the regular rank and file person, you know, the guy who just punches the time clock and tries to feed his family. He, he don't even think about this kind of stuff. I mean, he's just trying to live his life. He can't imagine even in his darkest passions, you know, what Paul is revealing here. These are, Secret occult societies that he's told, telling them has, it, that have been yielding themselves from generation to generation to satanic will. He calls it the, the, the silence imposed by initiation to religious rights at the elite power base level, he says, basically is what he's talking about, of iniquity. The word iniquity means to have contempt and, and to be in blatant violation of the law. to to have contempt and to violate God's law. This is done in full surrender to the devil himself. These are the secret societies of the world that have been here for ages. And that's what Paul is talking about. It is the attempt. He says it's already been working. It's active. It's operative. He's telling them. And it's been operative. That's what he's saying to them. Remember, we're talking about times now. The stage is being cleared by the elite, the dark rulers of the planet. That's what Paul's telling them will culminate at a future date. We believe that time is now, and, 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 and we're telling you why, listen. And like I said, this is the most difficult thing for the uninformed to not only contemplate, but really comprehend that men could be this dark,
2: have you ever wondered how did they sustain mm-hmm. their elite mm-hmm. power? Mm-hmm.
1: How did these houses come to rule the world? Now we're talking about who are they, right? The the infamous they. We always say they do this, and you know how they are, right? You know? They want us to do this, or they want. Who are they? Who are you talking about? What are they? They are the children of the damned. Is it any wonder that the devil himself, in the temptation in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, when he got, his, he got himself kicked right out of that wilderness by Christ himself, the last thing that he offered him, remember? He showed him, It he, the Bible tells us, all the kingdoms of the world. And he told the Lord, which the Lord didn't say, hey, you're lying. He said, all these are mine and i give them yeah. to whom i will what did he say mm-hmm. if you'll only fall down and what brothers worship worship me worship me right. that's what paul was revealing that's he's right. saying this is the mysterion this origin and what it's headed to he tells them has its origin in the dateless past that rebellion now manifested within the secret occult societies of the ruling elite. That's what he was telling them. And they are blatantly in violation of the of the established eternal law of Almighty God. And when it reaches that end, he tells Thessalonians, and the, the falling away culminates, he will manifest. And so he tells them he says and, the and you ad- know, what,
3: that, <laughs> that which was which has been secret you know these elite the elite and their mystery religion that you know we one would only like uh speculate that was there Um, uh, you know and, and, and they call it conspiracy theory and all that but that secret religion that belongs to the elite uh who have given themselves over and. They've taken that that deal of sorts that Satan presented to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, before he started his ministry. They've embraced that. They they've accepted it, and that's mm-hmm. why these these men maintain in power these houses. I mean, you could study the lineage of, of a bunch of these men leading our country right now, and yeah. you know it. <laughs> you know, do do that on your own time, and you'll find out where it leads. It, it, it all kinds of things are going to be revealed but um my point is that this this the secret the secret uh agenda this secret religion luciferian really that's what it is the luciferian religion again god has his people in the earth who worship him so do you think that satan doesn't have his of course he does but mm-hmm. it's always been in the shadows but what is now being presented or what is coming to the forefront, this secret mystery shadow religion, this Luciferian religion, is now being revealed and presented to the world openly. Openly. And that's what 2020 has been all about.
2: Yes, sir. Right. Incredible. So this is what he's saying to them, right? He says that the
1: advent of the son of perdition, basically what he's been, what he just revealed to the Thessalonians and what we're seeing. He says that this has been going on really, and has been attempted uh, since Eden. Mm -hmm. You know, Cain became that attempted son of perdition. And when he killed Abel, right, we see that, that, satanic violence or the holy, he broke the established revealed law of God. If, if you remember the law of God at that point in the garden, as it's revealed to us, was that if you want to approach God, then you need to approach him by way of the lamb, right? Which is a foreshadow of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Abel did. He, he approached God by way of the lamb. He learned that from his father, Abraham. I mean, uh, Adam, sorry, not Abraham, Adam. How did, he, what are you talking about? Well, we know that when uh, the temple of God, <laughs> if you will, Adam, the first temple of God, sinned, that he suddenly became aware that he was naked. In other words, the light and the presence of God was taken out of the way, it was removed, and he saw himself uncovered. He became a child of darkness, really. And it was God who stepped in and clothed him by the sacrifice of a lamb. We can infer that because that is the way that Abel approached God by the way of the lamb. A substitutionary sacrifice was already being proclaimed. And in fact, the gospel and the judgment of God was proclaimed to the serpent who plunged it all as it relates to humanity into darkness. And and so it began. And that's what Paul's referencing all the way back there. Even Jude, if you remember, in his writings, yeah. he mentions three things, right? He mentions Balaam, he mentions Korah, but he also calls it the way of Cain. All of these had occultic, Yes. It, all of these had occultic inferences. Balaam, right? The false prophet.
2: Right.
1: The rabbis tell us that Balaam was all up in Pharaoh's court. That's for another right. day, but I mean it's incredible history because you see Balaam later talking to the <laughs> the Moabite king, right, and trying to curse the children of God. He had followed them, man, or Korah. You know he, what was his rebellion? Was he wanted to usurp authority over Moses? Same same satanic will. It's been it's been being attempted, Paul was saying, and already continuing to work. It formed itself, brothers, and correlated itself in many ways throughout the global empires. Mm. the first attempt was was Nimrod at the at at the Tower of Babel, which is what we're returning to. There was a transition that took place in Nimrod's life and we looked at it. Go back and listen to our podcast early on from last year where we taught
2: we taught
1: we thought on the Tower of Babel, Nimrod and the Silicon Valley connection. Go listen to what we shared there. Mm. Because we've been talking about this for a year, but listen, what Paul was revealing is that the occult societies, the high level elite have been attempting in concert with the wicked one to bring about what he desires, a, 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 a man of sin, the ultimate in blasphemy, in that he would take the flesh of a man and make it completely in his image. An absolute defiant rebellion against the Creator who made man in his own image. Paul says, this is the mystery of iniquity. These rites, these secret initiation things have been flowing since the beginning. The beginning from the end, we see the Tower of Babel, right? What did we see there? A movement of humanity moving to the east, which is the rejection of the east-west philosophy, right? moving toward the sun instead of facing the west, which is where God put his holy of holies.
0: Right.
1: Now, they move to the east, they construct a tower to create opening. That's really what they were attempting to do, was to create an opening. We've seen the same things happening in our time right now. Brother Fernando sent me an article on the Space Force. I mean, it's incredible. They're, they're, they're all going up into space, aren't they? I mean, we don't even got time to get into all that, but it's fascinating when you look at it and when you realize what they're doing and why they're doing. And, 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 And so the Tower of Babel has Nimrod. The Bible says of him, he became a mighty or defiant man before the Lord, a mighty hunter before God in the face of God. It starts there. And what do we see? God comes down and destroys it and and breaks apart this unified expression of global empire led by one corrupted transhumanist foreshadow if you will called Nimrod and scatters the the people into the nations of the world as he always desired it to be not one but many now the secret rites began there babel it it, it would morph itself throughout the ages but but there were secret rites even then. And and then in Pharaoh's court, you remember? Pharaoh, a type of the Antichrist, another global empire, Egypt, all that stuff. In Pharaoh's court, he had sorcerers. You remember? The secret arts. These men were there at high levels. And Pharaoh was the expression of that. He proclaimed himself to, to be Ra, right? The son, of, <laughs> the son of the sun, so to speak. Uh, 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 and so these secret societies are, have gone all the way back there, the mystery religions, right? The Nebuchadnezzar, you remember? He he had his soothsayers and his astrologers and his magicians and sorcerers. These are those mysterian rites. And and wherever you find them, you find an Antichrist expression. These were all present throughout the Bible, and they're, they're, they're revealed to us. Alexander the Great, right? that 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 uh <laughs> that that foreshadow of the antichrist and the greek empire what you know what he went after was what there was an oracle of delphi where they would go in the mystery initiation religions of the world and gain you know instruction on how to dominate how to rule and then of course i mean when i'm fast forwarding but i mean think about caesar the C- the cult of the caesar the roman empire you know, the sorcerer and sorceresses of their day created what is known as the, the cult of the Caesars, where the, where the elite rulers, the senators and, and all them guys, and then Caesar himself um, be, believed that they were elite and divine. They were thoroughly paganistic, but with secret, the imperial cult, they called it. And so this, is, this morphed down through the ages. And, and it's very, listen to what I'm about to tell you now. It's very insidious and serpent-like. Because what, what formed and morphed out of the first century birth of the church, the, dis- the destruction of Jerusalem, right? And the cult of the Caesars, it morphed in the year, in, in the third century, right? Under, under the leadership of, of Emperor Constantine where he claimed to have a vision of God. And he created what we call the Roman Catholic religion. And it became the dominant religion. And out of it emerged the papacy, which would spread its dark and elitist ritualistic ceremonies. Much of it borrowed from the Babylonian cults of the time of the Tower of Babel. Everything from the fish hat that he wears on his head, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's that's the cult of of the fish or Dagon right or or the worship or veneration of Mary and the child. If you notice they always present Mary as holding the child this this goes all the way back to Nimrod and chamuz and and Simiramis. All of these initiations have filtered themselves, but you see what Satan was doing in the early third century, as sincere as as those saints of God were back then in collating around a structured, organized system, it would ultimately become the defiling place. But he was setting in motion uh, a system which God predicted through the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, where he talks about a ruling religious figure that would come in the future who would give the impetus for that man of sin he's known as the false prophet we'll talk about that in a second but so we have this emergence of a system and a satanic framework being constructed in the guise of religion and it became the dominant expression of christianity for a thousand years until the time of what we call the Reformation, right, Martin Luther and all that. My point is, is that these secret rights began to emerge, driven by the Catholic Church. And if you do a study of your history, you'll see that the royal houses of Europe all bowed to it. They were kept in power. Kings were 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 seated, and kings were removed at the whim of the papacy. Even in the time of the British Empire and and uh, uh, what was it? Henry VIII. If you know your history, he he uh, he wanted to divorce his wife, but even England was subservient to the Church, the Roman Catholic Church. And what what began the Anglican religion was was Henry VIII breaking away from the Pope because he wouldn't sanction the divorce that he was seeking, and so he started his own religion. man. So this is very very much something that has been playing out through history. These rites, these, these religious structures, and the mystery of secret initiation rites, even into our time. If you remember, we've quoted some Cardinal Vigano over the last year of 2020 because he's kind of like a rogue bishop, man. He broke from the Vatican and has been spilling the secrets. In one of his uh, last letters that he wrote of 2020, he referenced the magic circle of the Vatican. And for those of you who weren't raised in Catholicism, you won't really know, but these are the secret initiations of law, a whole cabal of satanic priests that, that have now infiltrated thoroughly the Vatican and Roman Catholicism. And they, they have and perform these secret rites, satanic rites, clothed in the garb of the church. They are, in, in effect, the vehicle by which uh this false prophet has arisen and we're going to talk about that in a second and we're almost done here but listen let's bring it to our time now because what we witnessed in 2020 i believe the falling away is now complete it's completed it's happened in the 2020 election in the united states for example which which really if you think about it as we were kind of giving a brief fast forwarded history of how the church emerged and how Catholicism and and denominational structure that broke away from it, right? Protestantism, but it formed itself into a miniature replica of the Catholic church. What do you mean? Even in Pentecostalism, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the Church of God in Christ, the Lutherans, the Baptists, go, go through any denomination you want, and you're going to see a Catholic structure under the guise of Protestantism. What are you talking about? Well, I'll give you an example for the Pentecostals out there. The Assemblies of God. Go to Springfield, Missouri. What do you have there? You have their their Vatican is in Springfield, Missouri. That's headquarters. And they broke up the church into, into districts, right? Into regions, into state representatives. They'd used and followed the same structure. They take their little churches and, 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 and then, you know, they got to send reports to the headquarters and, and they collect money from all the substructure little churches and they send it back to Springfield, the Vatican of the Assemblies of God. And they control who preaches and who holds you know, positions of authority throughout its structure. And I could say the same for the Baptists and the Presbyterians and the Methodists and the Lutherans go down the list, man. They all have the same structure. So don't be deceived by this label called Protestantism. It's the same thing. She is the mother of harlots. Oh, see, you don't hear what I'm telling you, but that's what, what Paul was revealing. 2020, the election of the United States. The United States is the apex of Western Christianity, man. It all came to rest here in this glorious land 240 plus years ago, right? But now we've reached this time. Have we seen the mystery of iniquity come to its fullness? I believe so. Listen. Were there mysterious events or mysterion events, should I say, before this blatant and, and public declaration that Brother Fernando was talking about? We're just now seeing it openly and blatantly. Yeah, absolutely there was. And it's very interesting. And there's a whole bunch, but I'm just going to bring us right up to date here because let's take a look at the timeline. June the 1st, 2016. We've talked about this before. There was a gathering of the global elite. They had a ceremony at the opening of the Goddard tunnel that connects with CERN, so it was a dual ceremony for both places in many respects. And and what was that ceremony all about? They gathered all the leaders and heads of state, and the Vatican was front and center. If you remember, go back and YouTube it, man. The whole ceremony is on YouTube on June the first, twenty sixteen, which is very interesting to me. First of all, because that's the year that Trump was being moved into power. That's the year that the whole evangelical community in, in the United States began to push Trump to power, while on the other end of the spectrum, they are having ceremonies. And in that ceremony, they were they were proclaiming a lot of crazy stuff. But one of the things they represented there was that a goat give, gives birth to a man child, and they were worshiping it, and it's too dark and demented to even go into it. But they were announcing the birth of the, of, the, of the satanic child. And if you look at the film, you'll see that the, that the procession was led by, by uh, you know people that were in garments uh, that represent the Catholic Church. And sitting in the crowd witnessing this were the heads of state of Europe, including representations at the highest level from the Vatican as they parade this ungodly satanic ritual. In the deepest part of the mountains of the world. And when they emerged out of the tunnel in this freakish ceremony they were doing, the whole outside part was the veneration of this baby that was born. And they were declaring, he's here. And at the same time, the United States is moving to elect this man, right? And he was brought to power by a compromised church establishment in America. It's the final piece. So the ceremony announced the great goat child right and the neo charismatic religious establishment goes all in at the same time politically and and in pseudo spirituality prophesying right and left right trump became known as cyrus he became known as the king of israel he became known as 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 you know the great savior and blah 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 that's that's what the church in our country did and if you stood up as we have Many times, and at least brought to the forefront and said, you know what? You guys are nuts. What are you doing? There's only one king. But they lusted for the halls of power. They longed for it. They were being moved and propelled into the final piece that was needed to complete the falling away. And the decline, once he was elected, accelerated. On January 20th, I was there, like I've told you many times, Inauguration Day. I was there. And I just happened to be stationed at the American Indian Museum. I was an invited guest where I could view the inauguration. Well, below us on the street, because we were up on top of the roof, gathered in front of the American <laughs> Native American Museum, uh, were were a whole host of witches mingled in with the crowd. And what they were declaring, and they ended up having a press conference and telling everyone, and they met the next day with like 200,000 crazy feminists, man. Sorry if you were in the march, but you guys are nuts, right? So they were marching through the streets, burning stuff down, and, and Kifa was there and all that kind of stuff, man. The day he was elected, wickedness was unleashed right then. And the witches proclaimed, like we've talked about before, and they did internationally connect on January 20th, 2017. Every month since then, since 2017, on the full moon, witches around the world were holding binding and chaos ceremonies. That's what they called them, the binding of presidential power and the releasing of chaos into the American culture and the world in order to destabilize our nation and bring down the administration. All the while, the compromised church is growing quicker, faster, and becoming more compromised and more drunk with its power, as the pseudo-spiritual false prophets and false preachers of the day are all up in the evangelical council leading and guiding the president. Do You have eyes to see, right? So I'm fast forwarding again. We're talking about the mystery, the mysterion, right? Then something, and we know we don't have to rehearse all this history that's happened over the last four years. But, but then something happened on October the 27th, 2019. There was a a ceremony. We're talking about. Remember what we talked about now? Just, just, just listen. There was a ceremony. In the papal gardens, the Pope and his several hand selected cardinals sat in a garden, in the papal garden, and a ceremony was conducted. This is 2019. It would only be several weeks later where the global pandemic began to be first heard of, and then we went right into 2020, and we don't have to rehearse all of 2020, but what we've seen and how it concluded is extraordinary. From everything from the pandemic, to the riots, to the violence, to the murder, to the mayhem, to the burning down of churches, to the great December 21st winter solstice conjunction in the sky of Jupiter and Saturnus, the the satanic planet in the constellation of the goat, closing out 2020. Then January 6, 2021, the capital is violated and invaded. And became the precursor to absolutely now turn the world's attention to the transition of power. They stole it. They took it through all power signs and lying wonders, bro. That's what they did. And now attention is being turned towards an unsuspecting, compromised church. They're coming after you. But more on that in a second. The Pope, October 27, 2019, is part of a ritualistic ceremony in the garden of the vatican the pope sat in the papal garden allowing an occult worship service to take place the fertility goddess of the amazon her name is pachamama right but she's known by many other names right she's known by semiramis she's known as venus she's known as ishtar she's known as columbia go whatever name you want to give her that's that's whatever culture right well he he does a ceremony and allows the ceremony to be performed in in front of him in a garden the papal garden where this pachamama idol was being worshipped and venerated in in this wicked pope's presence he then at the close of the of what they call the amazon synod he leads a a, a parade and and with all these people right and and the, and they they carry this idol, this Pachamama idol, in a, in a dugout canoe, this false idol. And they're being carried on the backs of priests and, and pagans alike into St. Peter's Basilica, including the ceremonial bowls that were used to worship this idol in the papal gardens. And they brought them and they placed the items in front of the altar at the center of Vatican City the oldest church in the world. And, and there, underneath uh, the altar in the center of the Vatican of, of St. Peter's Basilica, it's it's called the Altar of St. Peter. Why? Because it sits directly over the place where St. Peter was buried. Many stories beneath the ground there is the tomb of St. Peter. It's where he was crucified in, in Rome, upside down, and they buried him there, and that's where they built the Vatican. Why it's called St. Peter's Basilica? Well, there's a holy altar there. It's a, over a thousand years old, and they bring this desecration into the house of God. I ain't no Catholic. I'm just telling you, right? This is their holy place where it's dedicated to the worship of the Lord. But this Pope, but Marty, um, took, you, yes?
3: you, you remember? You remember they had like this? uh I wonder what it what, what it meant. But this almost like a huge fishing net that was that had the rainbow colors on it. Remember that?
1: Well, yeah, you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's ultimate blasphemy. um
2: yeah. Yeah. being led by this guy, right? This 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 religious figure.
1: This is precisely what the book of Revelation predicted. When the falling away occurs, it's making way for the for the man of sin, but there must emerge The satanic John the Baptist. That's why I I, I got chills when you mentioned John the Baptist earlier, Brother Fernando, because Satan will imitate exactly what happened. There will be a John the Baptist that prepares the way, prepares the collective psyche of humanity. Have you listened to what this dude's been saying for the last several years? He's Antichrist. If you have eyes to see. I know we've been going long, brothers and sisters, but we're almost done. Now, listen, I've skipped a whole bunch, too, believe it or not. Maybe we'll revisit this, if the Lord allows. But I had to tell you going into this weekend, because next week is key. Once it's sealed, have you wondered? Do you know that there are 20,000 United States soldiers in the Capitol right now? 20,000. 20,000. Do you hear what I'm telling you? 20,000 National Guard troops are in Washington right now. They're locking down the city. Incredible way to bring forth a transition of power, don't you think? They're they're flexing their military muscle. That's what they're telling the collective psyche of the remaining, you know, asleep in America. We're here now. And these soldiers represent our power. Don't you dare try to do what you think, you know, any opposition to what we're doing. We're taking over. They've taken over every aspect of this country. They are the children of the devil. And they're in cahoots with the rest of the agenda. They stole it. They took it. And they don't care who knows it. It's over. We're entering into an interesting time. So let me just finish this Pope story, right? So like you said, the, the net, the rainbow, the, the the idol, they bring it and they lay it before the altar this thousand year old holy altar where only communion had been offered before the lord uh, in their understanding right but i mean but still you're talking about something very incredible here it's a, it's a blatant act brought into a mace, most holy place and he lays them before the altar and and then he takes the offering bowls of that wicked ceremony that occult ceremony to isis ishtar venus pachamama they call her in south america and they bring the bowls that they used to offer stuff to her and they place them on the altar they placed them on the altar and they sealed the desecration of the holy altar and since then uh vatican insiders report that there has not been one since october 27 there hasn't been one uh service not one mass not one Holy Communion of the uh, of, of the Last Supper, or anything like that, not one thing has been celebrated there in the central altar. That's the Pope, supposedly the Holy Pope's altar, right? That's where he goes and worships God. This Pope desecrated it, and I read this article today from uh, from LifeSite News about the public desecration. Uh, a journalist wrote this. He said the significant the significance of the absence of the Pope at the papal altar lies not only in the fact that it is the papal altar, per se, and that it links the current pope directly with St. Peter himself, it also lies in the fact that Pope Francis had, on October 27, 2019, at the closing mass of the Amazon Synod, placed on that very same altar a highly controversial bowl of plants and other things that had been offered up to the false goddess, Achamama, Isis, Ishtar, at the beginning of the Amazon Synod, many saw in this bowl an occult sign. Listen, an occult sign. It was an offering to a demon that was scandalously placed on God's altar on which the popes of old offered holy sacrifices to God through the Eucharist, right? That's that's their understanding. So, so what are you saying? Well... What happened after that is he he no longer uses that altar the art, The article goes on further to describe that he created a new altar it's on the it's on the opposite side of that altar and and it forces all the priests and all the elite invited guests. there's only a hundred now. He does a ceremony every Sunday in which they no longer use that altar, but he has turned his back on the altar and he has his own little thing going on in secret with a hundred invited guests and cardinals and priests. This is dark stuff, I know. But remember, it's now, a false... And, and
3: what, does that have, what, what does that have to do with the Christian church? Well, it, it, you know, it, it's again, it, it's the counterfeit, right? The Catholic church to true Christianity um that that the world has right yeah. and the 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 pope doing this is very significant okay because he's also going against uh 2000 years of orthodoxy yes so we see the spirit of the age penetrating the catholic church where many catholics are awakening to this to, 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 to this idea of like, Oh my God, it's the spirit of the age. They're seeing it, mm-hmm. you yes. know, and, 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 it's now crept into the church, but it seems like Christians are not awakening to
2: it. Yes. You,
3: you get what I'm saying? And that's, huh. that's, that's incredible. So when I mean, we spoke about how the mystery of iniquity, the mystery on, it, it works in every facet of, of, of society. Why do why are we speaking about the Pope? Because here's the, the, the facet of religion. Right? It's yes. it, it's permeating through everything. Like a virus, the spirit of
1: the age. Yeah, that's an excellent you know? way to say it. And and we need to ask this question. Haven't you noticed what's been taking place? Why are all the global elite who we've just told you are 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 what Paul revealed In secret societies, mystery religions, occult rites, the working of iniquity. Why are they all running to the Vatican? Why are they all propping up this pope? The Rothschilds are there. Bernie Sanders went there when he was running for president, man. Jeffrey Sachs, head of the uh, United Nations uh, Agenda 2020 or 2021, whatever it was that they call it, 2030 uh the uh George Soros and now, brothers and sisters, uh the president of China himself, uh Xi Jinping. The Vatican has cut a deal with Beijing in order to prop up its failing uh bank accounts and its and its institutional bank that's been hit hard through all the scandalous pedophilia cases that have been brought all over the world against its wicked priests. The Vatican is propped up now by the dragon itself, China. I think that's why Paul said there would be a false prophet that looks like a lamb, but he speaks as a dragon. In other words, what was being revealed in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, is this false one, as we've just described him to you, who desecrated the holy altar in Rome. And has now created an altar with his back toward the holy altar, much like the children of Israel did in Judah when they turned their back on the Holy of Holies. And God removed his presence and allowed the <laughs> the whole world to be plunged into darkness. That's what we're seeing right now. Why is the UN uh, propping up this guy? Because they know that he has the most powerful voice. And, and 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 if you if you go back and google some of these things you'll see that early on in 2017 2018 he was reaching out to the uh, neo charismatic evangelical community in the United States and the biggest preachers that we have here on your television sets all responded to him the biggest one of all was copeland Uh, He sent an emissary from the Vatican to some big conference they were having and asked them to return to the fold. Go ahead and Google it on YouTube. You'll see Copeland oh, weeping for the Pope and saying, are you hearing what this man is saying? And then Pope Copeland goes on to say that Luther was wrong and that it was an attack of the devil to separate us from the godless Catholic Church. This is insane. Paula White, Benny Hinn, all of them have had meetings with this guy. Are you kidding me? Franklin Graham, Billy Graham. They all went and bowed the knee. They all kissed the ring. All the global elites. Why? Why? And why is it that the chief justice of the United States, John Roberts, Catholic? Why is it that the speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi, Catholic? Why is it that the is, you know the puppet president they're installing right now, Joe Biden, Catholic? What's going on? <laughs> uh. I don't know about you, but you know, Paul went on to say, when he's taken out of the way, and that's what we see, brothers and sisters, mankind at all levels has removed the Holy Spirit's influence from the political to the religious. It is how we know that we've entered that time. Next week, pay attention, January 20th, 2021. It begins in earnest. Let me tell you something. We need to be careful now, more than ever. Saints of God, you don't have to fear. Trust me. You don't. Information is power. Holy Spirit information is protection. God's Word is our guide. We must be led of the Spirit. The stage has been prepared. It's only a matter of time now. What you are witnessing right before your eyes is so overwhelmingly in our face that many haven't even realized what's happening. We talked about the great snare that Jesus taught us about. It would come upon the world, right? Like a snare. That's what's happened. America is no more. Go back and listen to our, 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 our teaching on Babylon has fallen, has fallen right after the capital was invaded. Do you see what's happening? are you paying attention the lord is talking to us he's warning us he's revealing to us but but unlike the rest of this world we know what's going to happen isaiah told us what to do he said come away my people the spirit of the lord through him into thy chambers he said and shut the doors around you And hide yourself as it was, but for a moment, until all this indignation be overpassed. We need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I know we've gone long today, but this is where the Lord brought us to as we enter into this weekend. I'm I'm fully expecting that anything could happen at this point. But they're about to pull off the greatest heist the world has ever seen, and really, what it is, brothers and sisters, is the removing of the last remaining piece because of the compromise that 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 flourished as we closed out 2019. The arrogance of these wicked, compromised, adulterous, paganistic, ruling religious, evangelical elite. Pentecostal charismatic elite in this country, on their watch, the stage was set for the wicked one to make his appearance, and it's not too many days from now. God shut the churches so that the spiritually discerning could understand. It's over. It's complete, and 2021 accelerated it forward. You all know what's happened. You'd have to be blind not to see. You'd have to ignore every piece of evidence that is being placed before us. You would have to literally just put your head in the sand and choose not to see. To admit that the country was taken over. A satanic revolution took place. Don't let them talk to you about communists and Marxists. Yeah, they're all full of that. But the truth of the matter is, this is Luciferian, this is Satanic, and the falling away has occurred. God's people better understand that. Better be prepared mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever you got to do. I'm preaching to myself, man, I'm telling you. All of us need to wake up and understand, open our eyes and see understand what our holy brothers the apostles prophets and our precious lord and savior jesus christ told us would happen none of the wise uh, actually none of the wicked will understand he said but the wise the wise will understand and instruct many
2: brothers anything else to say You no, know, we uh wow.
3: Um Yeah, we just, we need to pray. <laughs> we need to pray. We we keep saying that. We've been saying it for a whole year and and uh we're starting to see that the word of God has been preached for about a year now on, on this podcast. It's starting to resonate with many people and they're seeing it. But there's people yeah. that don't. You know, they're still the very souls, you know, on the brink. And that's, that's who my prayer goes out to is those people who find themselves in the valley of decision, you know, because like you said, June 20th or January 20th is the next date we need to circle. Yeah, um, it's, it's going to be a time where, you know, when, when freedom is removed. You know, it another spirit comes into a nation. You can sense it. Yes, Lord. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know what I'm going to feel in the spirit. I know what I felt during the pandemic as it increased and the sadness that came over my heart, you know, and to the point where I just wept. And I know you you guys did too. And yeah. then, you know, I'm not, I'm not weeping because the conservative party lost, no. <laughs> far far no. from that. You yeah. know, I I I think I think both sides are at fault. Um and and again, it's the world. What do you expect of the world? But you know, the fact that what you said there and and one day these preachers, these these false prophets who will some of them once used by God. Mm-hmm. You know, which is in, an incredible thing, you know, like that's to me that's one of the biggest wonders. I've spoken to you, Brother Marty and, and, and Jeremy, about that very thing. It's like, man, how does a preacher get used by God and then completely compromises, you know, uh, for the platform and for the people? It, it it boggles my mind. I wonder how, you know, it's probably why the Lord has kept us from that, right? And, and you know, but he's allowed this platform to an underground platform of source to preach the gospel and we thank God for that. But they're going to have to look God in the eye one day and they're going to have to give count as to why what took place took place on their watch. Wow. Right. You know, and it's, it's, it's serious times, but at the same time, we know that these are things that have to happen. They have to happen. You know, and, and and we're on the Lord's side, and he's with us. Praise and God. I take great courage in that he is not about to leave us yet. Not right now. He'll never no. leave us. Never. 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 He's not about to leave us stranded right now. No.
2: <laughs> he's yeah.
3: watching over us. He is watching Praise over you. us right now. Praise More Lord. than ever. Thank More him. than ever. Daniel prayed. And when Daniel prayed, heaven knew who he was. The Lord dispatches his angel, and the angel told him, the moment you started praying, the Lord sent me directly to you, Daniel, beloved. I know who you are. Heaven knows who Daniel was. Praise God. God knows who his people are. Yeah. Amen?
1: Amen. Praise God. Jeremy,
0: Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this word that was needed today for preparation to what's coming in just a few days, Lord. You show us your mercy and your grace by revealing these things first to your servants and to your people, Lord. And we take not lightly, Lord, all that has been said, Lord. We understand the time, Lord. As far as we can, we understand the time that we are living in. And, Father, this moment, I just pray that you continue to give us direction and give our listeners, all of us, a direction, Lord, in this hour to not just know the times, but to know what to do, Lord. Father, more than ever before, we need you, Lord. We sense, Lord, as a whole, this nation, that hedge of protection has been removed, and that's why the entrance of all these things that we are seeing, that the book of Revelation tells us about, we are seeing it with our very own eyes. Therefore, we plead the blood of Jesus for our families, yes. over our children, for yes. our wives. Lord, we pray that you cover us, Lord. And that, Lord, that we will do as the word says, that we will endure, help us to endure. Until the end, God. Let this cause in us a desire to seek You. The Word says that You are a rewarder of those who diligently seek You. More than ever, we need You, our nation. This presidency, everything that is taking place, Lord. We understand, Lord. At the end of the day, is with thus saith the Lord, we 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 bank on your word, God. You will sustain us in this hour, as we, Lord, give ourselves wholly, surrendering to you and to you alone. Help us, Lord. Help us to be ready. Help us to understand. Help us to stay close to you and to our families in this hour. Bless this word.
1: In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Brother Jeremy, <laughs> and brother Jeremy, yeah. uh, I I just feel in my spirit as well. Um, and brother Fernando, would you pray what's in your heart as well, uh, and add to brother Jeremy's prayer? Uh, uh, just pray what's in your heart, brother. For us, would you?
3: Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We sense, Lord in, in our hearts, Lord, that the best yet remains, hallelujah. We're being called by you and summoned by you. You're calling your servants all around the world, all around the globe, Praise to put the trumpet to their mouth, to sound the alarm, to not waver. For now is not the time to fear, but now is the time to, to take courage for the Lord is our strength and he is our shield. our exceeding great reward all that he has revealed unto us was for a time and a season and for this were we born And I thank you father that you have given it unto us father I thank you for those that are listening for they are chosen and they are your children and you love them you have adopted all of us into the heavenly family and all of heaven is at our disposal we will just cry out to you for mercy. Yes. For you are a sustenance, and we will not lack during these days. For you are God, and you're not a man that you should lie. Father, I ask for protection, divine protection, divine direction, that you will lead us in the way we need to go. Father, I ask, Lord, that the prayers of your saints, that they have prayed for many years, for many years, Lord, for the salvation of their families, I pray right now that that miracle, that prayer would be answered. For it is for such a time as this, Lord, it is for such a time as this, Lord, that you are calling your children into the kingdom of God. Many will come through the fire of affliction. Many will go through trials, Lord. But when it's all said and done, they will come out as pure as gold. Father, I ask, Lord, that you will continue to open doors of utterance. I come against the enemy and all the weapons of his warfare, for the weapons of our warfare are mightier. We stand upon the word of God, the word of truth, the word of God, which is your dear son, Jesus Christ. He is before us, and he fights on our behalf, for he has prevailed, and he has won the victory. That victory is ours, and we claim it in Jesus' name, over our families, over our lives, the calling that you have placed in our lives, over everything that we do in touch, as we always look to give you the glory in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
1: Amen. And and I also want to close with just one prayer, and then I'll turn it over to Brother Jeremy. I really sense out there, and if I hope you're still listening, because... I know the Lord is moving, and in my heart, I, I I really feel that there are some of you very, very concerned, and that's just obvious. I know we hear from people, you know, who tell us these things, but I really feel to encourage you that <clears throat> these times, all the prayers that you've done, all that you've cried out for for your loved ones, and maybe a, a daughter, a, a husband. son, a a neighbor, you know, some um, or many people that you have on your heart, that they're going to come and, and, and they're going to ask you what's going on, what's happening. God is going to turn you into a miniature John the Baptist, so to speak, to make a people prepared for the coming of the Lord, because that's what the Apostle Paul went on to say, you know, was that, yeah, these horrible things are happening. And yes, that wicked one will come, he says. But understand, when you know that it's happening, it is the Lord that is coming to destroy him. It will not last for a long time. It's not going to be pretty. It ain't going to be fun. But he, ha- he has promised us to keep us through these things. But I really do want you to know that I, I, I felt I needed to say that to you, that, that they're going to come to you. God is going to move, like Brother Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremy prayed, you know, the prayers that you've prayed, the things that we believe, the things we've committed Mm -hmm. into the hand of our Lord, he is going to answer those prayers. He told the jailer when he asked him, what must I do? He says, you know, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. He told Rahab, a a type of the (laughs) end-time church that, that gets saved, right? So when I see that scarlet colored thread that salvation, the blood of Jesus, he said you go out before this this whole thing goes down and you gather all those people into your house he said and they'll be saved. They didn't do anything to deserve that. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's not looking to to destroy, he's looking to save and his greatest expression of that was Calvary. That's what Paul talked about the gospel's bringing forth fruit. So understand they're going to come, take heart, take courage. Yes. Time is running out. But also, yes, it's going to be the greatest move of God to save the lost and those appointed unto that glorious day. It's yeah. right upon us. So be expecting it and and, and be rejoicing in it. They're going to come. He's not going to let your loved ones go. He's not going to let that happen. You've got to go and 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 continue to pray for them. And they will be saved. I believe that's from the Lord. So... Thank you for listening. This has been one of our longer podcasts. We have a whole weekend to get through it, so I hope that it blesses you and that you save these so that you can go back to them when these things begin to become more and more apparent. You'll have a reference point and and at least a little bit of a contribution from our end as to what we believe the Lord has been telling us well in advance, and we are now seeing it right before our eyes take place. We know Jesus is coming. So take heart and keep looking up, right, as we say. Brother Jeremy, close this out, would you? Amen. And
0: uh, what else can we add but just to tell you, may the Lord bless you,
2: may the Lord keep you, and you keep